deep end dynasty style tonight. Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst. Adam, are you familiar with what a Venn diagram is? I am. Don't ask me to make one, though. Okay. So is there any overlap between people who are serious enough about fantasy football to watch our show from the beginning and the people in your league that it's training camp, let me see who's on my team. Is there any overlap at all? Could anybody be both where they're watching our show, they're that interested in it, and they really don't know who's on their roster. So now that camps have started and football's in the news everywhere, let me just see what I – oh, Julio Jones. Look at the like, – <laughs> is there any overlap at all? Could there possibly be anybody who's in both circles? Uh, I think I'm, 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 I'm one of them, I think. Yes. I'm one you of them. You are a draft guy. You are a serious player. But when it comes to Dynasty, uh, I don't know. I just you know. That's right. Cooper Cup. That's right. All right. Tonight, we're going to go over some trades. They're all real. Every one of these trades was actually made in a Dynasty League, a couple involving myself. Uh, and so that'll be interesting. If you have your own, send it to us on Twitter or in the chat, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find us. Mike Shope, Adam Krotwurst, The Deep End for Thursday night, July 28th. Welcome. Did you actually type in something that says bang report? I didn't. No. Okay, I fine. didn't. <laughs> I have this new product. Oh, I want, product. I want, I want all, it's a big forehead these days, but I want all that. I mean, sorry, Adam. I want all that to be back here, but it sort of falls down. And so I sort of have bangs these days. I don't know. I've got to change the oil to a cream. That was my yearbook quote as well. <laughs> All right, Adam. So um, it's exciting, right? Having every team practicing and like kind of a steady stream of news this week. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, what's funny is I, I kind of got to like, not, I watch all the stuff on Twitter, but you almost kind of like before the videos start, like I just, I just watched one George Pickens and I'm like, mm. okay, I, let me just get in the right head space before I watch this. <laughs> you know how I feel about George Pickens and I'm like, He's going to look spectacular. Everybody does in these things. And sure enough, he just jog and just plucks one over a corner. Like the guy's not even there. And I'm like, oh, I just can't move him up any higher. Can I? So I absolutely love this time of year. And we've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it more going forward. You know, this is the time of year where people can get tripped up by the wrong information or misinformation or what do you pay attention to? What do you not? You know, I'm, uh, I'm in a, at this time of year, I'm in a lot of drafts with a lot of like co-managers and stuff. And people are looking, sometimes they're looking too hard into things and no, we can't trust this. We got to trust that. It's, it can be tough this time of year because we've been waiting for pictures of AJ Dillon's quads for six months. And here we, here, here we are. All those drafts that you and I were doing and a lot of our guests and viewers all through the spring and summer. You think of Julio Jones, like, oh, well, maybe he'll end up playing for the Packers or maybe he'll end up this or that. Now, this is the week you find out. And then one day after he signs or two, he's on the field and you have a, he has a uniform number, 85. And there's all this news with the, the Buccaneers. The center got hurt today. That seems yeah. bad. Yeah. So it is moving pretty fast. And I'm not I don't want to bring up the topic of like when to draft or when not to draft when it's not too early. It's just, you know, there there are edges right now, as you sort of said. I mean, there are in whatever, underdog or FFPC or wherever you're drafting, 
FFWC, there are, you know, gaps or windows where there's something you know that maybe other people in your league don't. And I mean, these days with as sophisticated as everything is and everybody's so knowledgeable, that might mean something. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for sure. And kind of, I know you've been talking about wanting to kind of dive into like coach speak. That's kind of been your thing that you like to decipher and try to figure out, you know, what's, what are they actually saying? You know, do they, you know, do they mean this? Uh, you know, do they have a history of being honest with, with the media, with the public? And, and so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's just a, this is a fun time of year and can kind of, can kind of differentiate everybody. And, and, and so, uh, but yeah, we, we're going to go through some shark bites here. This is our, the news here on DraftSharks.com, And we'll just kind of pick a couple things out um, that we might, might want to talk about. Uh, Hackett praises Judy here. Um, <laughs> speaking of coach speak, right? I mean, what what's he says is supposed to say? <laughs> Always ask yourself what the opposite would sound like. Right, that's and right. If the, if the opposite is not even conceivable, skip it. Right, perfect. Because I because I was going to skip. How about hold there's, on a there's minute? A, there, there's a there's a Lamar Jackson one today where Jackson was asked if he thinks an extension will get done, and he said, "Yeah, I do." Imagine if he said no. Right. No, that's I do it. not right. think it will get done. Like, you but, can't but, really do much with that. But you're in the media. Like, they, they have to ask that question, right? I mean, no? So you have different media with different objectives. You have, like, sure. three camps. You have people who really want to know stuff. You have people who just really want you to talk for 40 seconds so they can use that on their TV broadcast. Then you have sure. people who sort of want to subconsciously, at least, they want to be friends with the players. So they just sort of want to ask them something to impress them. So really, all I have use for is the first of the three. I, I don't care about vapid, empty, 40-second sound bites that tell you nothing, and the people asking for their TV news broadcasts don't really care that much if they say anything. They just need to come home with 40 seconds of Sean McDermott, whatever. And, you know, the third group, I don't know. But the first one, if you're trying to figure out why things happened or why things are going – I think a lot of the better journalists, people in the media who are really trying to – find stuff out, they get the kind of relationships where they can ask those questions on the side. They might not be at those press conferences. They're not asking, you know, how do you feel? They're not asking that stuff. They're, they're finding out, you know, sort of in the back, you have a lot of assistant coaches, everybody's around during training camp. So this is a good, I mean, this is a long time ago for me and I was never like an expert reporter, but this was the time of year when I was out there at camp where I'd want to try to like meet the new assistants and meet the people with the team where maybe I can learn things and build contacts that way. But once you get to the press conference, most of it is just sort of for show. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Pollard, Tony Pollard playing a, a more diverse role. Now we hear stuff like this all the time. Uh, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say about this. Do you, do you think that Pollard playing, you know, he, he came out, he played the slot. He's been playing the, the, the slot. Him and Zeke have been seen on the field at the same time together. We hear that all, all, all the time. Do, are you are, are you buying this, knowing that you know they lost a receiver and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup might not be back till November? You know, the, without those guys, they really have a lack of weapons there. Uh, what do you think? I am not going to rain on your Tony Pollard parade. Really, <laughs> uh, I, I certainly don't want to do that. But doesn't every running back practice more in the slot? Or coaches tell you that they do. You know, maybe there's a, there's a logical basis for the idea with Pollard, but I think Tolbert's been good 
so far and feels like he's the win over Washington, just if I can take anything meaningful from what reports sound like. And I mean, yes, Zeke has been super durable, but he's kind of late in the game and he's worth a lot of money. I can't imagine they spend a lot of time taking his backup out wide. So I think Pollard has the value we thought he did. And that's, that's good. That's decent. But I don't expect him to be, you know, this year's Michael Gallup. Right. That's, that's a great point. I mean, I, I think I expect him to be a flex play, like a lower end flex play. Cause I, I like the flex receivers, uh, but he can be a lower end flex play. And then obviously a high end elite handcuff smash play for, um, I mean, he ran for a thousand yards last year with Zeke there every game. I mean, he was hit, he was hurt, but he was there almost every game except for maybe one. So, um, something, so moving down, some things I love to see, not a huge news thing, but, uh, Ramadre Stevenson dropped weight. I love when running backs drop, drop weight. Um, whether that makes them, you know, it usually is a good sign when a running back drops weight, you know, we, and we talked about this last year, a couple of years ago, we had the levy on bell weight loss and, and I'm trying to think of the other running backs recently um, that have lost weight and ended up having coming out and having explosive seasons. But that's generally a good sign to run, running back loses weight, especially for a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, who was a little, who's a little bit of a bigger back. Um, you know, he he wants to be that that third down back, and man, if he finds himself in that third down role, um, he could be he could be uh, another nice pick going in like the ninth, tenth round now. I like Stevenson a lot at that price because. Really, what's the overall opinion about New England? It's, we don't know. It's be careful because there'll be all kinds, the Brandon Bolden experience last year. But I think unless James White gets healthy really soon, one thing we do know is Stevenson on third. Like that, I think we do know that. That's the closest I can get. Like, I don't know what they'll do with Damian Harris, where he is contractually and having drafted two more guys. I liked Pierre Strong coming into the draft. I like the guys who were at the FCS schools that smashed. I think the NFL is more educated and more open to those guys being good NFL players. So, I mean, there's a lot we don't know about a lot of teams, but the Patriots, that's sort of their brand. But Stevenson and the passing work, I think, is the closest thing to a lock that we have there. And that's what we want. We want passing work guys. You know, it's why we like James Cook so much in Buffalo. It's why... Even maybe Rashad White is interesting if Fournette doesn't get hurt or, you know, be too heavy or lots of better examples than that. McKissick. McKissick in Washington, I know on the Draft Shark site, he's way higher than you see like the Fantasy Mojo rankings or just ADP in general. Yeah. McKissick, like, I, I like that. That agrees with me because don't we know, I mean, really almost know for sure that he's going to be on the field in those situations, there's questions about Gibson's health. There's questions about Robinson's talent. Like McKissick is a known thing. So um, Stevenson, I like him in round ten. I mean, wherever he, if that's if that's the right round. I mean, he's I'm fine with him. Yeah, that's kind of where where he's where he's been falling. And you brought up James Cook. I was gonna. I, there's a shark bite in here about James Cook, probably yesterday. But you know, being in Buffalo, you're getting all the camp camp reports. I obviously that's my team, so I get those too. And you know, listening to, you know, one bill's drive and all this stuff. So I'm, and, uh, you know, Sal, you had Sal Capaccio on the show, um, yesterday, you have him probably every day, but he, he really was, was touting James Cook and, and, and we've been talking about Cook since they drafted him, um, the draft capital they put into it, 
how they've been wanting to draft, how they how they wanted a pass catching running back. They have a new offensive coordinator there, and it feels like that's the mark that he wants to put on this offense with a quicker passing attack to athletes who can score from from, from distance. And from the sounds of everything, he's been sensational in training camp. Um, and he really excites me. And I'm in a main event, Mike, FFPC main event. And he went ahead of Devin Singletary. And I didn't even bet an eye. I'm like, yeah, he's going to get those high value touches. You know, targets are worth, we know targets are worth three times what a carry's worth. So uh, Cook is a guy that I'm I'm looking at and I'm, and I'm, and then I want to piggyback off that with Isaiah McKenzie, and then I'll let you talk on both of these guys. McKenzie, I heard you talking today. You know, does it mean anything if he wins the starting role? Do we think he's going to win the starting role? I think the slot position in the Bills offense means something. It's meant something with Cole Beasley the last couple of years. He's been a wide receiver too, went when healthy. But to piggyback off the James Cook stuff, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it can be both. I think it's going to be either heavy – Running back passing or 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 heavy slot passing because you still got digs there. G- Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. I think it's going to be one or the other, and I'm leaning Cook. First, please let me say for as many times as you've been nice enough to guest on my show and the many fantasy analysts who've done that. Let me say what that is because I don't always do that, but I'm on three to seven weekdays WGR in Buffalo with the Bulldog Chris Parker. It's an Odyssey station. If you have an Odyssey app, you can find us there. And I'm in my 21st year in the same time slot. I'm very proud of that. So if you want to hear Bill's talk with a lot of other, I don't know, a critic would call it nonsense, but we have fun (laughs) with it, you know, blended in. That's where I am at. You know, that's that's the day job, as as they say. Um, In terms of the Bills, I don't like Cook, the prospect or the talent. I'm, I'm below the waterline when it comes to him on that, but it doesn't matter that much to me. If you're on an elite offense and you're in a sort of defined role, then I'm, I'm all set. That's fine. And there is there is more evidence that the Bills hunted for that role, yes. that player, than there is for any other team. In fact, today that was augmented when the great Tyler Dunn, golongtd.com, wrote a long feature on Chase Edmonds and wrote that Edmonds almost signed here. So yep. Edmonds got two years, 12 million in Miami. McKissick, I believe, was two years, seven. And so I don't know if the Bills offered Edmonds more than 12 or 7.1 or whatever, but they wanted him. <laughs> They've wanted somebody to do that. And I think, you know, maybe their way, maybe Brandon Bean, the GM's way of sort of living with, Picking a running back, especially what he, what he called a sub back in the second round, was to trade down twice to do it. At least, you know, I'm going to get some extra draft capital this way. And then I can, you know, oh, you picked James Cook in the second round. He's a sub back, this or that. Well, I traded down. I got two extra picks to do it. And, you know, I, I can live with that. I'm never a trade up guy. Always trade down. You, eventually you draft somebody. So I think they did fine there. I don't think the Bills have ever seen Isaiah McKenzie as – a, you know, anything close to a full-time slot receiver option. He had 26, I'm doing this from memory now, but he had 26 targets last year. And Cole Beasley, who couldn't move two yards upfield after catching a pass, had 113. Yeah. Like, McKenzie is really, I don't think he, I think, it, you know, it's the same coach, the same GM. I don't think he's their plan at slot. Jamison Crowder was brought in. Crowder has not been healthy yet. 
but maybe there's a dip there. If he's healthy by Monday or something, then you might get 100 targets for Jamison Crowder, and that would not surprise me at all. Just a slow or a non-start for him. So Cook, yes. Cook over Singletary. I predict the more high-stakes drafts you do, we do, Cook will be above Singletary like all the time because of the value of his touches, the perceived touches. And then in terms of slot, watch out for, for Khalil Shakir to play a, an interesting role in the passing game. But I'm not counting on McKenzie for too much. Yeah, I I just want to see who wins that that that, that slot job. I'm I'm not here to say what direction the Bills are leaning because I'm not quite sure yet. I want you know I want to see them get all all healthy out on the field. But I think that slot role has some value. Um, it's had value in, in the past, but I do think this new old coordinator is leaning more towards passing to the running back, which they didn't do a ton in the past. And I was happy with it because it was you know Zach Moss and Devin Singletary who were terrible in the past game. And now it's a guy who can be absolutely explosive. So uh, I really like that idea. All right. Maybe the last one here, uh, Gordon, the clear backup, Melvin Gordon, is he the clear backup in Denver? Cecil M.A. or Lemmy from Lemmy Lemmy from the fan in Denver uh, has been observing Broncos practices and says he does not believe that Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are in like a 50, 50 timeshare. He thinks Gordon's the clear backup. He's been running as a clear backup in camp. Um, says that this is a new coaching staff, you know, that, that, you know, th- that brought him back, but they brought him back later, a little later on. Uh, this, this is a big deal. Figuring this out, planning your flag on this situation is a pretty big deal because if when Gordon wasn't there, you know, uh, Javante Williams was a back end of the first round pick, you know, and now he's like middle of the second end of the second, that type deal. Sometimes he creeps into the beginning of the third. But if if you plant your flag on, hey, Melvin Gordon is going to be the clear backup, uh, Javante Williams is an absolute, uh, I don't want to say must pick, but he's a really, really good pick there in the the mid-second round. Well, there's a lot to talk about with this. Uh, Cecil Lammy, I mean, that's Sigmund and football guys, and I, I, I find him to be a very good source when it comes to Denver. Like, he's somebody that I would defer to and, you know, a lot of guys in the, the beat writer world or analyst world in local markets are definitely not that. So I feel like he's usually right. Um, so what about it? If Javante Williams is the clear, close to the clear number one in Denver, that's fine. I think a lot of fan for me, and this is going, going back to last year too, there are a lot of people I play against who are way more excited about him as a player than I am. I think he sort of looks to looks for contact and he's great after contact, but I don't know. Like I, I'm not, I, I just, I've already decided, I guess, in my head that independent of all the other variables, I'm less excited about him as a runner than other people. Now that's not a huge thing necessarily. Right. But you know, you've got the makings of a really great situation there. They could throw the ball a lot, you know, that doesn't have to happen. Williams is fine, but I don't think Williams ever gets above the Aaron Jones, Barkley, um, Mixon, Swift. You know, he goes where? He goes right behind those players at running back, and I don't think he ever really ends up a cut above them. He won't for me, and if he does get there, I'll never get him. I mean, I've gotten him a few times just because I I respect the, the, the situation that he's in and he's a second early second round pick. Like they have an investment in him. Football people 
love Javante Williams. And so who's more football people in an, as an organization than the Denver Broncos have been uh, <laughs> over the years? Like they've invested in him besides. So I think he'll get a lot of volume. The Gordon point doesn't really move me too much, but it's it's a development. I expect it to be accurate. You know, that's my guess. And it puts Javante Williams for me like middle of the second round, which is kind of already where he is. Yeah, that's where he is now. In fact, I've seen him go early, second. Um, he'll never, I don't care what happens, he'll never get ahead of Saquon Barkley for me. You, you already know that. But I could see him ahead of Aaron Jones. I could see, you know, unless A.J. Dillon gets, gets hurt or something. But, what about um, the other ones? Swift, Mixon, um, like Fournette? Yeah. Fournette? I could I could see him ahead of Fournette, but you know the volume and everything says Fournette should be a first round you know a first round pick, um, but not uh, Najee, not Dalvin Cook, not no, Derek Henry, not no, too, too, There's just too much too much volume there. I don't think that the Bron- I don't think the Broncos want to run that much, uh, but they do. I think they might. Hackett has a history of passing to to, to his running backs. But that doesn't mean they're going to pass to Javante Williams. They could pass to Melvin Gordon. He's a more than capable of receiving. He could, Melvin right. Gordon could be the receiving back. You know, or the third down. Right. Back, you know? That's right. He's which no would, higher than running back ten. Right. Which would which would plummet. Which would kill Javante Williams if 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 Melvin Gordon was the straight but third down back. That's so. a that's a very respectable prediction. Like Gordon sure. Has been, that's been a part of his game. Remember when Gordon and Eckler played together? Yes. And we wanted Eckler to be that, but Gordon would still do some of it. Like he was he was fine. Yeah, that. So Gordon you know, is like not making Tom, very much money, but Gordon's like the Thomas Jones of nowadays. He's just old, and he just goes from team to team. Well, because he doesn't go from team like Thomas Jones was Jets and Bears, and he went a bunch of places. Just you know, eating up carries and catches, and and and, and ruining younger backs' uh, fantasy out, <laughs> outlook. But uh, but one last one. I just I think I think we got to throw this in here. The Rams in love, in love. <laughs> With Allen Robinson. I mean, you heard it no, here on the deep no, end, guys. You heard it on no. the deep end first. That is the kiddie pool of, of, uh, of reports. <laughs> In love, it's just a way of saying we like him, which is what they would always say, only it's more In emphatic because they don't want you to laugh at them for how meaningless the update is. In love. You heard it. We're not quite sure a monster year is in order, Draft Shark says, but potential monster year coming. Robert Mays of the Athletic. I agree, Robert. I completely okay. Agree. Hey, look, I mean, they signed him. He's been a good player. They wouldn't want to represent any other position right now than like, yes, Alan Robinson. <laughs> but look again, look how cool the the website is, the shark bites, like DK Metcalf yeah. at the top of that list when we started. And as we're speaking now, that news broke like an hour ago. Yep. So it's fast. Some of these sites are really late to updates and draft sharks is not. So I think, you know, with draft sharks, you're going to get everything you want. You're going to get the shark bite news updates. So you don't miss anything. And that is even better when you're in that war room, the draft war room at draft sharks, where it's fluid based on how picks are playing out in your draft. You want all that. You can go to draft sharks right now, become an insider. It's easy to do takes a couple of minutes, and you'll have access to all the different tools. We thought If you had missed Tuesday night's show, we showed all that 3D ranking feature, which just gives you, like, everything you could want to think about, quotes from people, and you can go, hmm, let me ask Adam or Mike Show what those quotes actually mean. You can do that, too. That might not be, like, right there. We're not going to do a live chat in the Draft Sharks war room, but, you know, almost the closest thing 
So go to the website and sign up. Love it. All right. What are you thinking? Trades? Dynasty stuff? By the way, as we transition, so behind me, always try to do different helmets. We've got two classic 70s playoff game matchups. Both, I think, were double overtime games. Goes to the post over here. Okay. 1971 Christmas Day, Miami wins in Kansas City. Try to I try to come up with some sort of theme. And so, by the way, for like the insiders, there's no deep end insiders, right? Officially, but people who watch <laughs> us. Ooh, that's a great idea. I have the mini helmets signed by the first 30 Super Bowl MVPs. The original idea 15 years ago was to get them all, but I realized at that time I didn't really care about the more recent ones. I wanted the classics, but I feel like the way I'm using them on the deep end, I want to, I want to get some more. So um, I'm open to uh, suggestions there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm using the same 15 teams or so all the time. And I won't use the Washington one because, you know, come on. Right. Are you thinking about starting Super Bowl 31 and making your way closer or starting now right. and going yes. backwards? What, what are you doing? I had a few of those uh, later ones, like Super Bowl 31. Super Bowl 31 is – one's Larry Brown. Do I still have Larry Brown? One's Desmond Howard, 31, Desmond Howard. Okay. Green Bay. Wow. So I had that one. I had Kurt Warner, I had Ray Lewis, but I sold some of those to try to pay for other things. Um, I'm thinking about – like I had a full-size Elway, Denver Elway at one time. That's Ooh. gone. Wow. That's impressive. But when you're collecting – don't be afraid of selling because then you can buy other things and you can buy those things back. You know, that's a fun part of it that I think people, I, I get attached to my stuff, so I never want to do that. But um, now I'm sort of, you know, it's, it's one lifetime. I'm 50 years old. What am I going to do with this Mike Curtis helmet? Am I going to clutch <laughs> it on my deathbed? You know, come on, like, let's, that's, let's that's right. have different things and maybe I can get some different helmets in here for everybody. Absolutely. The minis are the best. Uh, well, sure. They're great for that, for putting back there on the bar. So big there. Oh, tiny. Mad dog, Mike Curtis, late Mike Curtis, RIP. That's right. Josh Allen will not sign that for you, by the way. Do you know who he is? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know who Mike Curtis is? I don't. I don't. Ever see like an early seventies Colts. I, I, this is a shame that he's most famous for this maybe, but so a fan ran on the field in a night game in Baltimore and Curtis just destroyed him. Oh, look for that. Okay. Google that. I, Google YouTube Mike Curtis. I bet. I bet if you just put his name in, maybe the first thing you would see is this guy. You know, this idiot running on the field. You know, he's got long hair, or whatever. He's just running around. I'm the best. I'm the best. And Curtis just went bam. Just crushes him. Just crushed him. Love it. I wish I could do that one. Well, one time. Just Super one time. like principled guy. Very, very hard and just like, you know, a, a, very a principal player you would love to, uh, you know, be hard able to meet. Yes. Was, it, was it before the forward pass or no? No. <laughs> before the forward pass. Not at so all. So Balt- Baltimore won Super Bowl five, but the MVP of the game played for Dallas. Oh. I have enough. I have enough Dallas. So I have the Chuck Howley helmet, too. Imagine a linebacker on the losing team of a Super Bowl winning the MVP award, but that happened. So I thought I didn't really have the collection unless I had the Colts helmet because they did win the game. And so it was easy for me what I knew about Curtis. The guy I wanted from the Colts was Curtis. No one else. I mean, 
e- easily. Unitas is on the team. He gets knocked out of that game. John Mackey was great. John Mackey would have been my second choice, but Curtis, the man. Well, then listen, you need to sign Super Bowl twenty five helmet from Thurman Thomas then, because he. I know. He should have been. And Bowl I have Otis Anderson yeah. over there, but you're so right. Boo. Um, all right, so we got some dynasty trade questions here tonight. I'm going to throw the first one up here. This is from uh, John Hertz. Yes, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks, "What is fair compensation to move back from pick two to pick five in Superflex Dynasty startup?" This is I'm, I'm going to leave with you because I I. I'm so bad at this. I feel like I'm bad at judging what other people would do. And we've discussed this before. Um, so what are your, what are your initial, how do you go about answering these questions? Is it like, okay, if I'm in that position, what would I take? Or are you trying to play the room? Cause you've talked about that. Like we got to imprint on people. We got to figure out who's, who's got each pick, you know, how, how, how do you go about doing that? I think that varies. I have to think about that question in, in terms of this. The way I would look at that is that two to five is pretty close, which is maybe why he's asking this question. You know, if everybody wants Josh Allen first, you have this elite collection of young quarterbacks, Herbert, Jackson, Mahomes, Hertz, maybe Burrow, Kyler Murray, of course. So I think really it shouldn't cost too much from five to two. So if you're going, you want to go from two to five, which I can understand, then you really, I think you have to put in the the miles on this one. You have to put in the work and check with yeah. everybody, you know, and, and try to figure out a way to negotiate. What would this take? You know, only one guy has five, but maybe six is the same thing or four is the same thing and move around a little bit. And then, you know, depending, check with pick one. See if pick one is ambivalent, not, you know, necessarily the biggest Bills fan or something and would rather have Mahomes, you know, feel that out. Maybe you move up to one and then at the last minute, trade down. You don't, you don't want to give the impression that you're just working everybody, especially right. if you're just starting the league. So um, you have to sort of think it through, but I don't think there's uh, a lot of compensation in there. Most cases, maybe you can always find somebody, you know, not always, but you can hope to find somebody who would pay like a, what, a second next year for that or something like that. I mean, yeah, but I wouldn't do that until the last minute because that's not like a great deal. I think right, I'd rather just sort of pretend like I, I own pick two and this is my guy, you know, plant your flag. Yeah. When you have picked two, like Josh Allen, such a big, such a big step up. Like you don't, you don't make that trade until pick one has made their pick because if you make that trade and then the guy at one takes Patrick Mahomes to me, I, you know, I, I, I want, I want Josh Allen. So, but I think with trades like this, I like to do stuff where oh, I move back from the two to the five and then I move, I move up in the second and I move up in the fourth. So that generally those trades are pretty easy to, to get through. I think you and I did a couple of those type of deals uh, when we were we joined forces earlier th- this year. Um, I did another one. So I did a super flex dynasty with my, with my buddy Jordan. And we, we did a lot of that. A lot of like, Hey, we'll move back from two to five or vice versa. And then we'll move up, you know, we'll move up in the second, we'll move up in the fourth. Um, maybe we'll move up in the sixth. That's what I would start. Move up in the two, four, six. They're going to come back with two, four. You're going to say, okay, fine. And, um, you know, so, so, something like that's pretty simple. So it's a great idea. You know, that's, that's stuff that I, that I would do. 
Um, but like you said, not 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 a lot of compensation. To that that could end up being a big move. Sure. If you want quarterback, you want, I don't know, it's dynasty startup. Like Trey Lance goes in there in the redraft, super flex drafts or the tournaments. I mean, that could end up being a big move. You can move up in the second round and the fourth. And then you want to get ready wheeling and dealing and offering those picks for other things, you know? Yeah. I love that idea. Good. Well, what do you got? So we haven't typed these in. That's fine. Um, There was a trade in a 750 Rotoviz league involving at least one person who's been on this show. And I am partners with someone else who has been on this show. And I'm not sure I want to name anybody, but the trade was Saquon Barkley. This is the first year of a dynasty startup, the Rotoviz FFPC 750s. Triflex. Yep. Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley for Kenneth Walker and Alan Lazard. Oh, my partner thought it was kind of gross. So I thought it was really fair. You love Kenneth, but you, okay. No, I don't. Hold on. You don't? Kind of. I love him. Like, You've been you've been a Kenneth Walker like supporter of whether it's him or or the situation or whatever. Uh, I just took so full disclosure. We'll talk. We talk about well. We won't talk about this Tuesday. We have uh, next week. The week after is going to be so so good. But I know. Yeah. Um, uh, I just took Kenneth Walker in like the ninth round of my main event in my zero RB build, uh, and I was thinking of you. I couldn't remember the points you were making, but I'm like. <laughs> I, I think I think he's the next guy on my board, and I know Mike made some good points like a month ago about him. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with K- K- Kenneth Walker. Well, this for me is I mean we've drafted these teams already, and how good do you think you are? And there are changes that get made where you feel like maybe I was in better shape a month ago, but there's an injury or there's this trade or something, and you know opinions can can fluctuate. So I I mean. Everybody agrees Lazard is like just okay as a player, but he still is in position to really crush it in Green Bay. So I think it's reasonable to me for somebody to like the idea of acquiring him. In fact, I think you and I did that in our FFWC 1K. We traded, we ended up trading for Lazard. We didn't go out looking for it, but it walked in. Right. So, oh, and Rashad Penny in that same trade. So, you know, those could conceivably both be week one starters and regulars in our lineup, depending, you know, the type, the age, the, the mileage on Barkley versus Walker, everybody would rather have Barkley this year, but depending on how young your team is or good your team is, you could, you could move to Walker. I think one thing you want to do is you always want to be paying attention to where the hype, where the steam is, you know, like who's being talked about and, that can you and I can see that very differently depending on who we're reading or who we're watching or listening to. But it feels like Barkley, and this is also, you know, this part of in my case, part of my reason for saying this is you and Draft Sharks is like, okay, Barkley. And I, I feel like for a month though, everybody's been pushing Barkley. So he might be somebody you could get more for, which could be why you reacted that way or my partner did. But I think in terms of value and in two years. Maybe at the latest, you'd rather have Walker. Um, yeah, maybe, but I think I, I, yeah, you could certainly. That's that's the great. That's a great point. I didn't even, 
that's the major point is you could get, I think you could get way more for Saquon Barkley right, right, right now, despite, you know, it, you know, not forget what I think about him. Uh, I think everyone's really high on Barkley right now. So yeah, I think he certainly could have, could have gotten more. So I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the Barkley side of that. And who knows, maybe, maybe the guy will turn around and flip him. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so, well, he's already, he's already posted a message board about being willing to do that. Like, right. Exactly. There are those guys, you know, if you're using an app, guys. <laughs> yeah, if you're using an app or a website to measure trades, they won't probably keep up as fast as the you ADP. need them to. Yeah. Right. That's right. So That's, Walker's different than a month ago. Yeah. Uh, because of the sort of the doom and gloom about Seattle and Barkley's been juiced up. So make, you know, think, think, think about, uh, whether your information is as current as it needs to be. I, I, I completely agree. Um, all right. I, I got one. And I thought this was interesting because of kind of, we were talking about the bills offense earlier. So this was a one that had just recently happened. Chase Claypool for Khalil Shakir and a 2023 second. So um, I, I'm on the clear Claypool side of this trade. Me too. Um, there was no other information. Not that it matters, you know, PPR, Superflex, whatever. Um, but I'm clear on Claypool. He's, you know, Shakir is is a fifth round pick that we're excited about in Buffalo. But who cares? Like right now, this trade, you know, I want to say his trade value is nothing. But apparently, he you can get Chase Claypool for him. And then at 2023 20, second, I mean, I know, man, I know that everyone's excited about the 2023 20, second round. But I mean. Claypool's not not old. They could have a, a, a really good quarterback as early as next year, uh, so he, he he could he could be gone um, to somewhere else. So, man, I'm still super high on Chase Claypool. Yep, I agree. I think the second round pick next year is sort of the golden ticket for these trades. I mean, nobody wants to trade a first, but you're good. You want to win now. This is a really smart move by the person who if the person who made the offer is asking for Claypool and that worked out, that's a really smart idea. Trading those seconds next year. I mean, I think mostly a draft gets hyped like next year's is for the top. And that's really within that for the quarterbacks. And so there might be a lot of that, but you know, Dan Hindry who has been on the show from uh, football guys is like later on in those, in that draft, eh, you know, it, it's not going to be amazing and special throughout in his estimation. So I think the second round pick is that happy medium where the other person's excited about it and has heard that next year's draft is strong, but it's not a first. And if you make this trade, you're likelier to finish, you know, better, which means a later pick than otherwise. So I could live with that. Yeah, no, I get it. And, and to me, it's not even... To me personally, it's not even one of these where I'm like, oh, it depends on what your team looks like. It depends on like to me, this is a clear, clear Claypool. I mean, the guy's going into his thir- third year. I mean, come on, easy, easy Claypool. All right, all right. Here's one for me that I think I lost, and part of the reason I do <laughs> is because the other person who was Davis Maddock, oh. uh, snap called it. Snap-co. I offered him. Yeah, the snap call, especially when it's like not somebody that you interact with all the time. And are they going to be on on this website today? And then in like 30 seconds, it's agreed. Uh, I offered him Christian Watson okay, for Gus Edwards and a fourth. 
Okay. So I, I pegged him as a team that would finish near the bottom and thought early fourth. And I thought a third, maybe he wouldn't do it. I don't really try for sort of the, the bigger ask and then have the person come back. I just want to sort of make an offer that you can like. I think it makes people feel better about dealing with me. And the difference between a third round pick and a fourth round pick doesn't have to be very much. So am I already sounding like I'm rationalizing this? But <laughs> I, I picked Christian Watson when I did in the startup or in the uh, rookie draft because, you know, I, I have a pretty good team. My receivers are Cup and Evans and Michael Thomas and Amon Ra, I think. And like I have a lot of good receivers. It's best ball, FFPC best ball. And I was thin at running back and I love Edwards. I mean, He's got a knee thing, but Dobbins does too. And Edwards is so money at yards per carry, even goal line when he's out there. So I, I like Gus Edwards, and I thought that was about right. But he said yes immediately, and that scared me. Um, and it, so it's a fourth in 2023? Yeah. Okay. And Gus for Watson. Yeah, yeah. Christian yeah, I Watson. Think it, I think it's another situation where you probably could have gotten – I mean, when did you draft? You probably drafted Watson in what, the late first? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a situation where you probably could have gotten more for it. I mean, if 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 it was pre-draft, would you have made that trade for, um, you know, Gus no. and a right and the pick? No. Right. Uh, is anybody saying anything promising about Christian Watson? No, no, I get it. In fact, yeah, everyone's kind of. I mean, Dr- Jared Smola has been hated the pick. Uh, he 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 seems to think he's as raw as raw could be so and he might be a, a he might be a roster clogger right like if he doesn't if rogers doesn't like him and he doesn't do his thing and now he's now you know you're not going to cut him you're not going to drop him you know maybe you can turn that fourth round pick next year and piece it with something else to trade up who knows but i think that was a situation where you probably could have gotten more i mean was did you shop it around or did you just offer no. it to, to david no yeah. I, I went so I'm not saying this is best process, but I went looking for a team that I thought would be the most agreeable to trading somebody who could help me this year. And I picked Davis. So then here's the offer. And it was, you know, snap call. Perfect. Yeah. Watson is older. The body type isn't right. It's another strange move by the Packers. All those years, the Packers like, why don't you draft a wide receiver in the first round? And they never do. They come back with Watson early in the second round and, like, you know, smaller school, body, age, nothing about it seemed to uh, – I mean, Sky Moore lasted how many picks later than Christian Watson. So – Right. Anyway, right. I, I didn't have to get out. You want to make sure you're doing – you're thinking when it comes to that. I mean, young and he can take time to develop. It could be a new quarterback. He could get traded. Anything could happen to change his situation. But I needed a running back, and this is how I went about it. Yeah. No, I like it. I respect I respect the process. I like, um, you know, fast, done, here. One offer, like it or don't. I don't want to go back and forth. People get like, oh, but how come you didn't counter? There's no point. With some people, you know, there's no point because it's not going to, it's just, they, they just, they just like talking to salespeople. <laughs> I, listen, Mike, I'm the same way. When I get a trade offer in Dynasty, I just, I don't even want to look at it because I'm like, this is not going to, if it's a trade offer out of the blue, this is not, I'm not going to like it already because it's their first offer generally, unless they're trying to give away Christian Watson. And then I don't, and then I, I'm just joking. And then I don't, so it's like, I don't even want to look at it. Like it's because I'm, like you said, I don't want, I don't want to counter and go back and forth for a year. 
So it's I completely agree with you. Find the guy you want to deal with. Make a trade. Even if you lost a little bit, you saved yourself insanity. <laughs> right. Right. So, all right. I got I got one more here. I thought it was pretty interesting because you and I have drafted this guy. But so this one I found as well. PPR, tight end premium, Pitts and Metcalf for Jonathan Taylor. Now, this was before the Metcalf news came out, obviously. Um, Pitts and Metcalf for Jonathan Taylor and a PPR tight end premium. I, you know where I stand. Oh. I am clearly, oh. clearly on the Pitts and Metcalf. I would have done Pitts for J. I would have traded JT for Pitts alone, uh, let alone Pitts and Metcalf. So, Give me Pitts, give me Metcalf. I'm loving it. I mean, there's almost nothing to say about this. Yeah. They're both. I, I mean, you have one position where 27 is old, and then you have two where <laughs> it's prime. Like, of course, in premium, I would take the left side of that. The only way I wouldn't is if I had Andrews and deep receivers and needed the running back. I mean, there are teams like that where you're trying to win. And if you don't, if you're one running back short, that can really be a headache, but on the surface, I'm totally taking the two for one. Absolutely. Completely agree. You got, I have one, I have one more. I have one more. Let's do it. And this is a draft pick move this morning. I woke to a, woke up to an offer. My team is terrible. I inherited it. Like, Two years ago, I just sort of dared the internet. Oh, I'm ready for a new league. Just give me sad sack teams. And I, I got offered one here. I in remember West this. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. It was just so desperately bad. And in two years, I've really done almost nothing to improve it. Just bad luck. Just try and, you know, trade my good players for picks. Just give me picks, you know, give me shots at it. But those don't have to work out. So the guy offered me. 212 in a rookie draft. A couple of my dynasty leagues have not had the rookie drafts yet. Both are like a month away. Um, 212 and a second next year for 202. So I went through and tried to figure out who's 202. I have 204, 207. Like I didn't really need that one. And like, just give me the second next year in that case. There's not much to talk about there, but the yeah. math on that in my head was an easy win. Yeah. 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 Get, get yourself a second next year. Cause it's probably going to be more of a super flex, Mike. No. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's going to be more valuable, I'm sure, than your two this year, and the, you know, two this year isn't isn't really going to going to help you. And uh, but yeah, good luck good, good luck with that with, the, with that rebuild. It takes a certain type of owner, a certain type of person, to do those to do those those, those rebuilds. Right. It's called, the word uh, is addict. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's uh, the certain type right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. I actually, I actually. So this morning after that, you know, I sort of like woke up and got, and I actually thought, Adam, this is so bad, but also great. I thought, you know what? I could, I, I really could bring on one more new, new team this year, oh. like a, a redraft, like an actual draft where, I mean, so much of what we're doing best ball is online and it's fun. It's great. I, I even like it when there's no trading because that's now sort of, you just went over it a little bit more work or even can be a headache. But I actually thought to myself, you know, I'd, I'd like to have one more night draft with people. Yeah. Do you not, do you have home league drafts anymore? Live in person? Like, 
non-dynasty? It's, uh, I have a family draft that my kids are in. Yeah. That does not count. No. I, I don't. I don't have any. Yeah, I've got a couple home leagues, but I tell like they all, you know, they all want to draft, rightfully so, like the weekend or the week before that season starts. And listen, guys, I'm I'm not in town. Okay. So if you, <laughs> if, if you want me, it's gonna be on it's gonna be online. So uh your your think, second cousins call you Adam's second cousins, you know, ring Adam. Like, oh, we, we need you for a fantasy draft. Like I'm in Kentucky or Vegas, I don't or remember. Vegas or, or Canton or, or New York. Or Canton or New I York. I can't tell. I can't decide right now where I am, but I know I'm away. If you all can come there, I'm in. Right. Right. I got a big time. And speaking of coming there, I feel like I've spoken to people who, who, yeah. So last year at the main event, I'm FFPC main event. I'm sitting in my final main event draft of the year. And there's a group of, there's a, a guy and his buddy drafting next to me. And they were like, yeah, every year we do our home league in a different city. And this year we decided to do it in Vegas. So they traveled the country to do their home league draft and they ended up in Vegas and then ended up in the main event. So it was, you know, along with their home league. So uh, there's really some really wow. cool stuff people do. With Can I league. be in their league next year? Right. That, that's right. Honey, I'm leaving that town is, for my home league draft. That is great. That is great. So, what, you know, so the masters has a tradition where whoever wins the masters does the menu for the next year. Like yes. the food. And I sort of co-opted that for the League of Shoves and Dreams. You know, I don't know about the menu, but the location, the vibe, you know, that'll be up to you. So we've been through four years. I won one year. There was COVID. Couldn't go anywhere. Two of the other three years, the guys are like, yeah, I don't care. So it's kind of been up to me. We just go to a bar and, and yep. just pretty straightforward. But the first year, the guy who won mentioned Vegas. Like, let's go there. You didn't say it had to be local. Right, but I, I knew I had people who were never going, never getting on right. a plane right. to draft this thing. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, I, I like that. Yeah. So, hey, All what's right, so next, next, next week? Next week, yeah. Tuesday show is pros versus Joes. We'll be on at ten live for that draft. Maybe nine forty-five to set up. Sure. And then Wednesday, I'm in Draft Sharks Invitational. Also, be doing a team Draft Sharks broadcast that morning august 3rd hope you check that out at the draft sharks feed and uh let's see saturday i'm in beat chrysalis to nffc rotowire that'll be that'll be okay. fun saturday are afternoon you, are you joining the pods for the other invitational drafts i would love to sure if oh, i can yeah. I, i'm not sure i can do all of them but yeah it's hard so we'll we'll, we'll get a schedule out there because i know i'm drafting so Thursday. I'll be obviously with you, pros versus Joe's. Then I'll be, I'll be commentating on your draft on, oh. on Wednesday, and then I've got my draft on Thursday, and then Friday. Uh, maybe you'll have to replace me on Friday or something because Friday I'll be out of town. But uh, okay, uh, I'm excited. The next two weeks between pros versus Joe's draft Sharks invitational starts next week, and then we're off to Canton, Ohio, the Expo. Let's go, poker, drinks, amazing right. people. That'll be August 12th, and maybe we'll figure out a way to go on from there. We, we've had this idea before, but it's never happened. Canton, Vegas, oh, I, I, we drive there or fly there. We're like, oh, let's, let's do a podcast. Oh, yeah. Then we get there. Like, oh, screw We're that. not doing we, That's go. right. Instincts. Let's just Inst go uh, gamble. <laughs> That's so right. maybe, maybe. We don't want to let you guys down. 
Uh, tweet at us at Adam underscore Krautwurst, aka Draft Guy, at Shope Talk at Deep End FF1. Enjoy your weekend. We'd love questions and comments on tonight's show. After that, see you Tuesday. See you guys.